Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Molly Carmichael with Zonda's Inspirational Leadership Series, joined by the industry's best in all things real estate. These leaders are literally designing our future for many generations to come with new communities, home designs, technology, retail centers, infrastructure, and so much more. This series is about who they are, how they got started, who inspired them, and their journey to the top. So let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. We are joined with Tony Avila, the co-founder and managing principal of Encore Capital Management and chief executive officer and co-founder for Builder Advisor Group. Uh, he's an overachiever from the very start. He's got two companies and you're really gonna love Tony's story. You're gonna love his leadership style. It's really impressive. But before we start the interview, I just wanna do a quick little intro on Tony. Tony's actually been in investment banking going back as far as 1996 both companies practicing since 2007 and 2008. So he's really been in this a long time, almost 30 years. He and his teams are definitely doing something right too. If you look over the past 25 plus years, Tony has served as an advisor in over 85 home building merger and acquisition transactions valued over $12 billion. So companies like LGI Homes grew from a small boutique builder, thanks to Tony, into one of the fastest growing home building companies in the country. The Builder Advisor Group team has solved some of the most complex capital raising assignments, including project and corporate level debt, equity, preferred equity, mezzanine debt, and so much more. Let's hear the rest of it from Tony himself and how he's leading the company today. So please join me in welcoming Tony Avila. Tony, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Molly. I feel real lucky to be in the same uh group of like uh, Ross Perot Jr. and Ryan Marshall. Eric, you've had a lot, of, you've had just amazing, amazing podcasts. It's, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And I, every time I do one of these, I learn so much and I'm excited to learn from you today too. So let's get started. Well, tell me as we start out, tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do, what is your job on a day-to-day -day basis? And give us an idea. You've got kind of two sides to your business is here, and I remember going way back with you. You've done some amazing things. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about these two different groups. Sure, sure. Well, we have uh, Builder Advisor Group. I, I started in the industry back in 1996, and really I started in real estate in 1981. I started working with my father, my grandfather, and my two uncles. We were investing in, in income-producing real estate, all in Northern California, apartments, hotels, uh, office buildings. And so I'd always been involved in real estate. I started working in real estate investment banking at Montgomery Securities in San Francisco in 1996. And then my big focus there, everyone wanted to work in tech. And uh, I like, didn't want to have any, I, I, if I touch some technology, it breaks. So I went as far away as possible. I, I said, I will do real estate. No one wanted to do real estate. No one wanted to cover the home builders. And I said, I will, I will cover home builders and uh, I also got golf. So I was the golf and home building and real estate investment banker. So that that's why- Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I, I mean, I was a really avid golfer at the time and and loved doing it. Uh, and so uh, that was our advisory business. Now, as the, when the financial crisis hit, uh, one of my, my business partner, Art Falcone, who's a wonderful mentor, been an incredible inspiration for me. Uh, we sold Art's company back at the peak in 05 and then in 08, when the, the financial crisis hit, we said, what's our encore? He had just sold his business and the investment bank I was at, we had taken it public. So we said, what do we do next? What's our encore? So we 
we formed Encore Capital Management, and that's our principal investing business. So there we've partnered with builders, partnered with developers. We've bought land. We're selling lots off to uh, builders, uh, mostly Florida and California, but also we've got a wonderful partnership with Hayden Homes up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Art and I. Um, How did you meet Art? Falcone and I met at, at the Builder 100 in oh, Scottsdale, Arizona in nice. 2000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So, so we met there, and and uh, I started calling on him down in, in South Florida, and and uh, he said, uh, "You're my banker." And I started working with him in 2000. We got the company either ready to take public or to sell it. We do the prep, you know, basically the 10Q or the S1 regularly, and and we ultimately just said we're selling it. And when in late '04. He sold 256 houses at Independence in Orlando at his grand opening weekend. In one weekend, 250 something houses. Wow! And he called me up on Monday and he said, "Sell the company." Uh, so, you know, I got, I got, I got teachers buying five houses, and some of wow. them they said they were teachers, but they weren't really teachers. But anyway, we won't go there. Yeah, there was there was crazy stuff happening. I remember. Oh yes. So tell me about the two different groups. How did those form? Yeah, so so Builder Advisor Group, uh, when the financial crisis hit, um, I, I sort of decided uh, I needed to kind of just start over, refresh. Um, I, I started up and then ultimately I had uh, a couple of other uh, buddies who are investment bankers. We started up our own firm. So I got registered with, with FINRA. So we're a fully licensed broker dealer. And we just started one by one, you start working with clients that needed help. So we really were born out of, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a recapitalization, it's restructuring, debt workouts. So we, we started working in that. Um, Standard Pacific needed an infusion of capital. We got hooked up with a private equity firm. Art and I helped, actually helped out in, in that recap. We also were very involved um, you know, weekly, uh, we, we worked with them on, uh, we had raised capital for them pre-financial crisis. And then we said, hey, we could buy that debt back uh, at a steep discount. So we did that for weekly. We, uh, we did some amazing uh, deals. Then there was also just a merger of necessity. These two companies, right. this company really kind of wants to sell, needs to sell. Uh, let's put, let's, let's put two and two together. So we, we also were doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions, um, and that's how Builder Advisor Group really grew. Um, we're closing in on our 100th M&A transaction in the builder developer space, uh, which we're, we're excited about that. And, um, and that, that's how the advisory business got started. And then we, at the same time, when the financial crisis hit, Art and I said, let's do Encore. Uh, so we started sitting down with both high net worth family offices, but then also ultimately, some very significant insurance companies, pension funds, endowments, foundations, hedge funds that have backed us over the years. And we've done five funds. We've put about $2 billion in capital to work over that, uh, that last uh, decade. Wow. That's 12 years now. So it's, it's like you hit it almost at the perfect time, too. I mean, time, yeah, been, been time a good is run. a big part of it, too. That's crazy. Is Art still involved in the business? Very much so. Yes. Yes. Nice. partner. Nice, nice. Well, tell me, let's let's go back. I'd love to know kind of how you grew up, where you grew up, all that stuff. I there was right. a there was a lot there, but 
I always sort of go back to age eight. So, so who were you then? And what did you want to be when you were growing up? And, and tell us how you yeah. kind of fell into this business. Age eight. I, that's when I started. Actually, I got my social security card at, at age eight. Uh, no I started, way. I started, uh, my father was a pharmacist. He had uh, drug stores. So you had, of course, the pharmacy, and then they had a lot of retail out front, all kinds of things like an old, old uh, Rexall uh, drugstore. I started working at my father's pharmacy at age eight. Um, he had several pharmacies that I'd work at. And uh, Saturdays, my grandfather would take me bowling. Uh, and then after bowling, it would be straight to the pharmacy to work. Um, and I would work uh, uh, several days. I'd work after school. Uh, I saw his work ethic um, and he instilled that in me. Uh, and, and so that was my, my age eight. And then of course, everybody would ask me, Hey, do you want to be a pharmacist like your dad? And I said, no, I want to do, I want to go into business, but I'm going to you know, strike out on my own. I don't want to be a pharmacist. And, and while I was in college, my father sold out of the pharmacy business. He didn't want to do that either. Uh, after you know, 25 to 30 years almost of, of being a pharmacist. And he focused on real estate, which has been you know, my passion too. Housing Americans, that's where I really, when I started uh, working, I really wanted to work in investment banking in the housing sector. And, and housing's our passion. People ask, what's our, as housing Americans, that's what we like to focus on. But that's- So he shifted as a pharmacist to then going into real estate. So he had already, they, he had, that's that, so he had the, the, his square job was pharmacy. And then he was also with my um, uncles and, and grandfather. They had always invested in apartments and other commercial real estate around. We grew up in Fremont, California. So investing in Northern California, I'm a native Californian. My uh, great grandparents all came from Italy and Portugal. Um, my, as I, I about to tell you, this, this is uh, my family tree on the Italian side uh, going wow. back uh, 700 years. So my, but my uh, Italian grandmother- So it goes back to what year, Tony? How far back? 1300s. 1300s, wow. Yeah, yeah Luca to Luca, Italy. Uh, we're, we have uh, Luca and Genovese in our, in our roots on, the, on my mom's side and my father's Portuguese. And, um, but, but my, my, so interesting on the Portuguese side, my great grandfather had Spanish land grant land that he had bought maybe the sec once removed, he bought 40 acres for five gold coins in 1885. And we have the deed. Wow. So, yeah. And that's 40 acres for five yeah. gold coins. Yeah. Actually adjacent to where the, the, what is today the Tesla plant in Fremont, California and that land today is probably worth about $40 million, ironically. So from wow. a million bucks an acre. So New translation of coin. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, what a legacy. So everybody's been in real estate. So it's in your blood. Yes. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny because um, my dad does rental houses and uh, he actually has my son just started working in our business at Builder Advisor Group and Encore Capital Management. Uh, but my son is managing uh, the rental house. I skipped over me and my son's managing him and my dad is uh, mentoring him to be a rental house manager. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's it continues. How neat is that? My daughter's a, a, a junior at USC. So if, uh, if one of the guys, uh, women watching this program, if they don't hire her, um, we may get uh, Katrina may be here as well. And I'd be uh, honored to have her if that's her decision. That's that's pretty neat. So 
So as you went through high school and college, how did you decide to kind of go the direction you went? Is it is it really because your family was in it? I mean, how did you decide that's what you love? Yeah, so a lot of I, times people will kind of go away from what the family did, right? Right, and I, I kind of did in a way because I went into investment banking. Right. Um, so that was definitely away from, but I ended up being in real estate and investment banking, which of course is somewhat connected to the family business. Um, and um, what happened was I went to, to Berkeley and and ended up coming out of Berkeley working at Anderson Consulting. And ultimately I wanted to focus in financial services, which was a real passion. And uh, so we worked at Capital Group down in Southern California, uh, Capital Guardian uh, and, and American Funds. But then ultimately Montgomery Securities had hired us to implement some Salesforce automation and I got the chance to work inside of Montgomery, did a good job, and they hired me to work in investment banking. And from there, it, uh, that was my big entree in, in the investment banking world. I kind of went back, went through it through uh, the Accenture is what it's known as today. But it's a great way to learn about different companies when you're, you're not sure where you want to end up. And Montgomery took a chance on me. Uh, I actually worked on the inside deal team to sell Montgomery to Nations Bank and then ultimately to Bank of America which was a fascinating mm. transaction. I learned a lot in, in that um, and uh, and then focused on in real estate. Now, now Bank of America, Nations Bank combined, that they're the largest lender in real estate, largest lender to home builders, which created an incredible, you had all these private builders that the bank was lending to and they had no investment banker, no no one to advise them on. Uh, most, most builders have 100% of their net worth in their home building company, home building and land. And that's a bad diversification strategy. In fact, it's not a diversity, it's quite the opposite. So it'd be like putting everything you have in Bitcoin. Um, actually, it'd be better than putting it all in Bitcoin, but, but, but not that much if you look at an allocation strategy. So a lot of the time when we go in and talk with our, our clients, it's, hey, how well diversified are you? And most of the time we look and, and they have no diversification of personal net worth. And that's been our strategy is, okay, how do you get some or all your chips off the table. We've been able to do really fantastic things like for Dan Ryan, where Sumitomo Forestry came in and bought 60% of the company. Dan kept a piece of it. His other key guys in the operation, Ronnie Salome, Paul Yeager, Edwin Woods, great guys. They had pieces of the, of the company and Dan ultimately retired, sold out and the other guys had a piece and Sumitomo Forestry has it and they grow the business and everybody's happy. Uh, um, and We've done that. We did that with Wade Journey. Um, a lot of wonderful guys where, you know, maybe they don't want to get out entirely, but they but they definitely know that ultimately they'd like to have an exit strategy or a, at least an asset diversification strategy. And that's a real passion for me. I love, okay, we've accomplished, we've set kind of you up for life or, and we've set done kind of the estate planning on how does this going to work? And we've, we've gone the other way for guys. We've taken them public, you know, um, Eric Leeper, who you had on, um, Patrick Zalewski and DreamFinders, Dale and Rob Franceskin at Century Communities. It's been a real honor. You know, there's been sort of 10 IPOs since the financial crisis. And we've had the honor to work with the top three performing IPOs since the financial crisis, LGI, Century and DreamFinders. And been been wonderful to work with them. Uh, and, and so that's another strategy, another diversification strategy. Tell me um, your toughest toughest uh client or deal over the last several years 
Ah, great question. Really, the, the toughest one is, um, is you have somebody that's, that's, let's say they're selling, but they really don't want to, but they mm. kind of have to for whatever yeah. reason. I worked and on a few of those too. We have three rules in M&A on the sell side. More is better than less. Sooner is better than later. And don't work mm -hmm. with jerks. Um, and right. and uh, Those are great rules. Yeah, they're they are great rules and they can apply to a lot of different things. When you're dealing with anger or resentment, it, it makes for very challenging. And so one of the things that I'm, and, I, and I've always refreshing on this, but the latest book that I'm going through is the PMA effect, the positive mental attitude. And mm -hmm. of all people, just to, to keep me, uh, and I'm, we're very much a glass half full group here. That's how you get M&A deals done. That's how you get capital raising done. But, um, but the, ironically, the guy who works on my uh, race bikes, he, he said, hey, you, you know, you, you're in triathlon. You need to read about the PMA effect from this other guy who kind of, to get centered, did triathlon. I'm like, oh, I read it. And it's absolutely thinking through having that positive mental attitude and surrounding yourself with the positivity, staying positive and being able to turn that person who may have a negative, um, but you, you're going to work with that person. You want to work with them. How do you figure it? So that's the toughest deal. And I can think through it right now was getting through and, and saying, and, you know, the sons are saying, you know, dad, you got to do this. And which made, made it, you know, even trickier. So it's balancing that. And then of course, managing your client who's angry with the buyer who just, Hey, I just want to close the deal here. And how do you make it happen? You know, it's it's interesting. I remember in the last cycle, and and I think a lot of those deals um, I worked on, honestly, and led through a lot of the 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 workouts. And I the very first one I worked on, which was the toughest, and and I have to believe you hit this. And I'm I'm curious as to how you've approached this is really figuring out the value of the asset and then the value of the human asset too, right? So all the, the human asset knows where all the you know, the bones are buried and, and really can optimize those acquisitions or, or the, the land itself. But there's there's a value to sort of the company know-how and all those parts and pieces, as well as the assets themselves. I mean, how do you kind of work through that? And, and honestly, I was very proud to be part of, you know, one of those very big um, workouts. We were able to save the company through it with that mentality and ran it a, a bunch of different ways to get to sort of the optimization of that home builder. And we could have sold off every piece of it, but we really looked at those different scenarios and said, hey, this is kind of best of all worlds. And, it, and boy, did it pay off in the end. How do you work through that? Yeah. Yeah. So so generally when we're working with companies, we, we do focus. We focus on people. Um, the people within within an organization they know how to take that land and and turn it into a profit and and build successfully and and manage budgets manage schedules um, that that's critical uh, identifying those who have a superior margin within a market and we can see you know we see builder margins everywhere so we're able to to compare and and go over and really kind of focus on okay here's your distinctive competence. This is somebody who's very unique. And then from there, the, the assets, we focus on what the, the, the land, the inventory, sometimes the architecture, the, the, uh, what they have, the, the strategy, the niche. Um, these are all things that will be a distinctive competence that 
uh, we can find the right uh, buyer or investor to that, that that believes in in what we've got. Um, for us, uh, as an advisor, the big thing is is to emphasize and bring out all the positive aspects of a company and figure out strategy. Sometimes we'll advise somebody. We talked about Arc's company. We worked with them for five years to maximize the value. Sure. Uh, we we look at um, a great example would be, and you you asked what was our toughest. That, that I will say one of the toughest deals I will think through working with LGI Homes on the first deal. This is in in two thousand and nine in Chisholm Springs. You, you know, going north of Dallas, uh, north of Fort Worth getting trying to get gtis my good buddy rob veradian and ed mcdowell yeah. and teddy Karras, getting sure. them to believe in investing with lgi out in a really really distant location and putting capital and convincing lgi gtis to invest in with lgi homes because here's a builder in 09 that's profitable when most builders almost everyone was not profitable here's one that's growing and profitable convincing GTIS to do that. I, I had to, I had to get a really nice table in Vegas uh, night at a nightclub and, and get Teddy and, and let's go, we're doing this deal. And my good buddy, Rob Radian and, and, uh, and, and Rob and I are like best of friends out. Cause he believed me, he sits on the board of LGI. So looking at companies, finding that company and finding the what's, what's their highest and best use and what's their destiny, the companies that will, we'll work together symbiotically and say, okay, here are our goals, being goal-oriented, goal-driven. Those companies you can really work with over time to maximize value. When we met LGI, they were worth like 10 million bucks before we raised any money. Isn't that crazy? And, and, I um, know, I remember it all. That was- Yeah, yeah, and it was John Burns, yeah. a, a John Burns staff member is who um, introduced me back when you were there. But I will tell you that um, they have been a- absolute incredible incredible believer in growing through what they've seen at like builder 100 i sure. i will get eric and i will get him to go in and say okay this is what you want to do to climb up the charts and i got like i got like all your charts right here i was going to say in case you go through want to go through the history and the target <laughs> what we do um this has been as we look at lgi we're like okay how are we getting to this top 10 list and what we're going to do? And we were able to create, you know, LGI was able to grow to like a $4 billion market cap. They're it's up huge. a bit now since then, but it's been one of those things where you're working with a company to maximize the value. And what do you do from capital, from people, from um, hell, I, I, I'll, I've helped them out on the headhunting side, identify lots and land positions sure. and um, and of course, you know, for kind of working on four acquisitions, smaller deals over time to kind of grow the business. But that's we're working with companies to to how do you figure out how to maximize the value? Same thing with DreamFinders. You know, we worked with MHI, Frank McGuire, Gary Tesh, Coventry Homes, wonderful guys. We worked with them for 23 years. I met I met Frank in 1998. I think I met Gary in 2000, and we just kind of had a handshake at the right time, find something to do, and then put them together with Patrick Zalupski and, and Doug Moran and, and Beta McGaw and Annabelle Fernandez, a wonderful management team at, at DreamFinders. And boom, look at this. And now you've got a, more of a national home builder, national footprint, and frankly, on a multiple, like multiple of book and mo uh, one of the best valuations out there. It's a tough valuation market right now, but that's 
kind of kind of how you get you the synergies, putting companies together, one plus one and get it to three or four. So so now that we've talked about your most challenging, now tell me your favorite. I mean, I was so honored to work with with Chesmar and Sekasui. I mean, that really to to you were talking about, I think one of the companies that you advised and worked with, you, you see this international investment group. Um, sure. and you see you see that America being what the, the greatest economy in the world, the greatest, you know, democracy in the world, and you see these wonderful international investors from Japan or Asia or or Canada uh, coming in and saying, hey, I want to invest capital here. So being able to say, okay, let's create that national footprint. So working working Chesmar and Sekasui, there there were several, you know, really just um, what I like to call enterprise transforming transactions. Um, certainly working on Art Falcone's deal, getting that deal done at what the, sure. that's the the largest that's the private, start. Yeah, the largest that kind of got us started, but selling Art's company for 1.6 billion, that was the largest private builder sale ever. So that was, you know, so you have these all these deals that you sit there and go, wow, that was and then that got Art and I able to work capitalized for the future and have a great partnership on investing in the sector. Um, you know, I mentioned I mentioned a, a few other, but we just had, you know, it's a long, long list of favorites for a lot of different reasons. Working with guys like Wade Journey. You know, if you think about what we did with Wade, um, you, you know, it's one of those fun things where you sell half the company and then Wade basically within two years almost triples the value of the company and then he sold the other half. But then if you look at what Dale and Rob Francescan have done from Wade Journey to Century Complete and they've just transformed Century amazingly with that as a significant part of the value driver there. So it's been a lot of fun working um, on the advisory side, I think on the investing side, you know, every time we 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 build a community, you're housing Americans. We're also building, we're developing apartments, and you see that certificate of occupancy, and you see the move-ins. I was just at one of our properties today, and it's just so exciting to see. Hey, we built this. We're housing right. Americans. So on the investing side, and even on the advisory side too, but the this it's so exciting every time you get sit here and go, wow, we're, we're, we are accomplishing the American dream. Um, a lot of times we're getting, you know, pride of home ownership. We're doing a deal here in Northern California where it was tumbleweeds. You know, another builder had wanted to put in McMansions there and the financial crisis hit and it sat there for a decade and we took it over and, and brought in LGI. We're bringing in DR Horton um, and um, a, a regional builder to Nova Homes. We're all excited because we've we've now out of something that was tumbleweeds and literally the model homes that were built in 07 were torn torn down in 2012. There was five million dollars in model homes, uh, 13 wow. model homes. A whole model complex got built and then got torn down, got condemned five years later. Uh, and then we came in in 2016, and today it's a it's housing a thousand it's a thousand houses. You know, to, it was probably 2,000 2,500 people. That uh, so that is just I mean uh, what an incredible accomplishment for our team. So when you're starting out with a, a new client and they're listening to something like our discussion here, Tony, is there is there any sort of minimum they have to have for you to help them out? I mean, how does that work? So yeah, I mean, generally when we're working on an advisory deal, we um, the sort of the minimum size of transactions that we're working on are. You know, sort of 25 million on a if it's a capital raise. Um, on our investing side, when somebody needs capital, 
we're a minimum deal size is 10 million. So if somebody wants to borrow money from us, it's a minimum deal size of about 10 million bucks. Okay. And then is there, is there any sort of criteria that you look for that you say, you know, we'll never do a deal with fill in the blank. Huh. We always look for deals, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely we, you know, go back to our rules and more is better than less sooner is better than later and don't work with jerks. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, me too. So, by yeah. The way. Yeah. I mean, you, you're definitely going to look, you're going to look at, at the project margin. You're going to look at when you go into a deal, how do you get out of a deal? That's uh, my, right. my father taught that to me. You know, you know, that that's, that's an important aspect of, of, of any, anything, any partnership or any investment. Um, and, um, and, and so that's uh that's a, a first thing is, okay, what's, what's the strategy? How's this going to work? What, what begin with the end in mind, you know, go back to the, the, what you learn from the seven habits of highly effective people and always sharpen the saw. So that's, that's something that we all have to remember. So getting back to that, I, now is your dad in the business at all today? No, no. My, my dad is, uh, his birthday is today. Happy birthday, dad. He's 80 nice. years old today. And, uh, he, uh, he's, you know, mentoring to my son, I think on managing, uh, rental houses and, and, uh, and, and enjoying the fruits of his labors. That's pretty awesome. Well, I, I, I understand too, if I'm not mistaken, you're sort of a family of champions, but you particularly, I think have led some championships too, correct? Yeah. We, one of the things a good work-life balance and we, you know, we have a, for our, our business here, we have a, a personal trainer for the, anyone who wants to, to take that on. And it's a triathlon coach. So, and, and his wife is a nutritionist. Wow. So if somebody needs nutrition within the organization, nutrition advice, or you want to focus on swimming or biking or running or just general fitness core, all those things. That's um, uh, we have a, a really strong tri coach. He got, I, I uh, said in 2013, I met my now wife and she had done, you know, she had had colitis and she had actually had her colon removed and had uh, surgeries. She had almost died. And then she came back and had done marathons and, and I was the heaviest I had ever been 25 pounds heavier than I am today. And I said, you know, if she can do a marathon, I'm going to do a marathon. She's very inspiring. So I did a marathon and then said, you know, I want to do something different. I want to mix it up. So I'm going to do the escape from Alcatraz. I'm going to, so my first triathlon is like, yeah, jump in the bay and then swim two miles to the shore and then no way. like the hills of San Francisco and then go run on the beach, run in sand and, and run up these hills and all that. So I, I did it. And uh, on I'm going to do the, the hardest triathlon out there. And it, uh, it, let's it, just start there. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is the, the, definitely the hardest one in San Francisco. Uh, I crashed my bike about four miles. And, and so I was bleeding. Uh, there's I have a photo on the wall of me bleeding uh, hands, arms, and legs. And I, I finished the bike with a flat tire. Uh, the last four miles I rode bleeding with a flat tire. And then I ran eight miles bleeding. And a lot of people are like, are you okay? Cause I was kind of dripping blood. And I'm like, yeah, the, the sharks though were, were pretty rough today, weren't they? So I just kept the, that positive mental attitude. A lot of sharks in Northern California. There are a lot of sharks in the Bay. Um, and so I, uh, I went across the finish line and they're like, you want to go to the Medtown? I'm like, hell no, I want a beer. So um, my dad is a pharmacist is getting the methylate out. And, you know, <laughs> uh, so I did that and I said, damn, that was so fun. I want to do this again. And then 
I worked my way up. I said, I'm going to do a half Ironman and then in, in, in the next year. And then my, there's my, I do New Year's resolutions, half Ironman. And then the next year, I'm going to do a full Ironman. And then I went to the emergency room after my full Ironman because I didn't have enough sodium in me. Oh, and you're kidding. That was, that was so much fun. I want to qualify for the world championship. So my second Ironman, I qualify. I won. I did the executive challenge. I compete against all the CEOs. I won. So I went to the world championship in Kona and uh and did that nice. and my dad uh my dad and I, we all have we have rental houses and it was a woman stayed at our house in Kona and uh, my dad got to put the lay on me going across the finish line so yeah I'm still doing triathlons uh now uh, doing half Ironman uh just did the the Ironman World Championship in St. George for the half Ironman and I came in 35th in the world so wow 35th in the world yes that is amazing yeah I love I love the fact that your company has a personal trainer, nutritionist, and supports that part of it. Because I, I would tell you, it just keeps your mind and your brain strong, right? We've had several, yeah, several, several people have competed in duathlons or triathlons. Um, if they can't run, they can do the swim, bike, that aquathlon, whatever, uh, you know, whatever you want to do, or or do uh, uh, just do a swim, or or you know, anything to to stay active, but good uh, work life balance. So what were the key things as you started out, you decided like, hey, I need to get healthy. What were the key things to your success? I love this. This is probably yeah, my favorite uh, part. Yeah, no, no, definitely. So uh, first of all, you, you know, find find someone you love. Um, that That's mission critical. My beautiful wife, um, my, my two oh. kids uh, focusing on uh, on their success. And, and now they're coming back to contribute. And, and um, uh, but focus on family that work-life balance, having that, whatever that is, and it could be acting, it could be singing, it could be uh, musical instruments, certainly staying fit, eating relatively healthy, and uh, definitely moderating, drink wine, there's a lot of red wine, as opposed to um, uh, too much of the hard stuff. And it's it's moderation is key across the board. Sure. And, you know, I was always worried about eating too much. I eat a lot of sushi and that's reading about mercury and yeah. uh, so I went and met uh, somebody who was the worldwide expert on mercury happened to be here and she said you know it, it's you're you gotta you don't eat that much of anything it's like you might have a lot of grapes but that'd be about it diversify what you're putting in your body and but definitely pay attention to what you're putting in your body and focus on you know healthy eating okay so Tony a little bit more about you I want to know a little bit about sort of what you do when you're not working Tell me your favorite sport today. Well, I really love triathlon. I, I, I enjoy watching my daughter play soccer. I enjoy watching my son play baseball. So watching your kids' sports is one of the most special things. Being able to coach your kids is even more amazing, which I had the opportunity to coach both my son and my daughter. Not anymore, but that was the most passionate thing. The pictures of the kids uh, in their on their sports teams, softball, baseball, soccer, are all up on the wall here. Coached them in basketball even a little bit, but, but coaching um when you're when you're watching a sport is i like being interactive i can't stand sitting there and watching golf um but 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 participating and of course in triathlon you're doing all kinds of different things running the boston marathon running the greatest marathon of all is the new york marathon so running the new york marathon was that, oh, that's, that's definitely it was incredible i i also love your advice on coaching your kids and watching your kids play sports anybody listening to this if you were not making time for that it's just probably the most 
exciting, interesting, important part of my life. It's David, David Weekly. Back, shout out to I enjoyed the most. Yeah, shout out to Tom Lewis and David Weekly. I did the merger of their two companies. I got David it really into to Phoenix, but um, both of them were involved with the Positive Coaching Alliance, and so oh, they got neat. on the board of the Positive Coaching Alliance. Super neat. Okay, so favorite pastime. <laughs> uh, favorite pastime. Well, it's weird because it, you know, having just spent a, a couple things, I, I'm going to go play golf with my son in Scotland. I was able to go play nice. with my mother before she passed away. Uh, I played with my dad twice in Scotland. So certainly, certainly I'm going to give a shout out for golf. I'm a member at the Olympic club. I worked with Clint Eastwood and Arnold Palmer and Peter, you brought to bring uh, Pebble beach back into American hands. Uh, so uh, golf is uh, or life is a metaphor for golf or golf is a metaphor for life. Any fun Clint Eastwood stories? Clint is just the, the, he's he's unassuming down to earth um you know he came to the closing dinner and of course you were allowed to bring your spouses so you know many 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 women and there's just a line of let me take a picture let me talk to you uh, but if you uh, if I've, I've seen him in sun valley idaho skiing uh, just walking downtown hey clint how you doing hey what's happening and uh, same thing in in carmel or if you're at the hog's breath or there's just he's um you know puts his pants on like you and i do and and uh Incredible American. It sounds like a great man. Yeah, very involved, certainly. Where's your favorite place to vacation? Speaking of which, well, we have we have several, but we we really love uh, uh, St. Bart's. Uh, we we did our, our honeymoon there. What an incredible experience! And then um, uh, for those who you can you can YouTube it. Do the flight into St. Bart's. It's really fascinating. But then um, Stone Harbor, New Jersey, and then the Big Island, uh, Hawaii. Why Stone Harbor, New Jersey? So Alyssa, my wife, is uh, is Pennsylvania, and the Pennsylvanians all go to the so Marty, giving a shout out to Marty Connor from Toll, my my near neighbor, and uh, on Seven Mile Island, Avalon, and Stone Harbor. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really special place. Nice, nice. What would you say as you sort of built your career, top top sort of tools or keys to your success? Uh, well, surround yourself with with good people. Um, you know, working with Art, I mentioned him. John Chisty, our, our you know great CFO. Um, we have a West Coast managing director, a guy by the name of Glenn Martin, who's absolutely incredible, wonderful gentleman, and uh, and a dear friend. Uh, but just strong, strong people within the organization. Uh, that's super critical. Um, and and so surround yourself with good people, people that are that have different skill sets. Um, the right level of expertise, um, good work-life balance, uh, that, and then that PMA effect, that positive mental attitude. Um, work, work with work with smart people in the industry like Zonda. We use uh, great people like Tim Sullivan, and this isn't lip service. Um, I'm, uh, and and so we we definitely have had a, a very successful relationship um, working together. Uh, and so it takes a village to. For to, sure. It takes a village to build a village. So working with the best consultants, the best people in, in the industry that are all have that positive mental attitude, the best communities too, pro-development. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, heroes and mentors. Who are your heroes kind of growing up and, and who are they today? Well, my parents, my mother was an incredible um, force to, to make sure that um, I kept on the, mostly on the straight and narrow. 
Um, so uh, you didn't go to Berkeley, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was the yeah. My my brother and sister kept going St. Mary's, Santa Clara. They went like sixteen years of Catholic education, and I I went. Um, I was the oldest, and and went to, with the the heathens at at, at Cal. So um, and then, but um, yeah. So my mom, um, uh, she worked for the Sisters of the Holy Family. Uh, she uh, worked in in foundation. I I sat on the Sisters of the Holy Family advisory board for twenty plus plus years. Uh, twenty years after she passed away, just about oh. um, to. Um, but she's big at giving back. We have a also giving back society. So we have a found. Uh, it, it's a scholarship in her memory. That, that gets money to disadvantaged kids that that want to go on to college. And um, so we, we do oh, that right, so giving, giving back. But mom was, um, uh, you know, she she was was there and, and that that party, that event planner, um, that that ability to organize events and things like that. And um, and then, of course, my dad um, teaching me a lot, uh, especially around business, being working in in the pharmacy, working in the retail, that strong work ethic is instilled in me. Um, and, and, um, and, and so that, that was important. I'm partnering with, like, like I said, guys like art, um, a lot of wonderful guys in this industry that I've worked with over the years and, and learned from, uh, God rest his soul, Mary Johnson. Um, what, what yeah. an incredible force and an incredible, incredible man. Um, and, um, just one of those good friends. Um, and so I think about, you know, people like that. Uh, and then we've had good capital partners over the years too, some of which I've mentioned here um, and, uh, that that have also had a very positive influence. They, they've instilled uh, a belief; they've believed in me. So um, that that's been a, a vote of confidence, uh, which is you, you need to have confidence in business to be successful too. So you were raised pretty much by you know. I think our moms might know each other in heaven for sure. My mom was a saint too, very involved, very much like your mom. Um, so you were raised kind of by a saint who was super involved in compassionate, you know, acts and and helping people constantly. You had a father who was extremely successful in almost everything he touched, it sounds like, including his kids for that matter. And then um, super active, like stay fit. And, you know, all of that stuff gives you kind of mental clarity and keeps you focused and things like that. And then you surrounded yourself with just brilliant people. I mean, that sounds like a great recipe to success for me, for sure. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Did I miss anything? No, I think those are, uh, there's, you know, it's a lifetime, uh, but, it, you know, it, it, you got a limited time on your podcast. Well, and it, it seems like you have kids that are going to be equally successful. Well, you, you know, that's the, uh, I'm very blessed They're They're, yeah, it, it's a, it's a great team. It's not just my kids, but I think about the young people in our organization. Um, my goal is for them is to, it's not just my, it's, it's the guys who are running the organization, running um, the company, um, you, you know, for me, I, I'm just ha handing the reins over, uh, and, and they can take the reins as, as, as much as they like over time. And, um, our company is a C corporation. It's meant to live forever. And, uh, our people within the organization share in the profits from our, our projects that we work on. Um, and, you know, I think about, even uh, I had uh, uh, my, my good friend, Hector Calderon, who worked for with me. He and I worked as part, we worked, to, uh, we worked together for 19 years. 
um, is, is uh, so his letter, you can't really see it, but I have his letter right there on the, where he said, hey, look, I've got the opportunity to go be the chief investment officer for John Pritzker, which is one of the Hyatt family members. He's running billions of dollars as the chief investment officer for John Pritzker. So, you know, we if we grow someone and they get an incredible proposal like that, I mean, I was sitting in this chair, he was sitting there, Martin Luther King Day last year, he said, look, you know, this is the opportunity I've got. And we were both crying. I'm like, you got to take the deal. And Aww. that's incredible. And we're still partners to this day. But, but, um, but, you know, you're growing up your people and they'll either grow within our organization, or they will find their, their best destiny uh, somewhere um, beyond here, where we've built a great foundation for them to, to grow and, and further their careers. I think that's a great mentor and leader, somebody who can teach and help, you know, the people around them grow, but also can hug them before they go on to their next adventure and know that, you know, that's healthy and normal and that's okay. Um, that's probably the hardest part, I think, as a parent too, right? We mentor our kids to make a difference. And then as they leave, oh, but, you know, he did it right. They're going to keep coming back, right? That's the, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the hope. That's the hope for sure. Well, uh, where do you think the future is going to go, Tony? Any big advice for the future? Well, I mean, it's, we're, we're in a cyclical business. So uh, trees don't grow to the sky. Um, and, you, you know, you have to be able to peer around corners and, and uh, it, it be prepared. Expect it's the Boy Scout motto. Um, expect the unexpected. Um Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Um, but, but you, you know, work with the right, the right, it's the right capital stack on a lot of things when you're working on something. It's mm -hmm. prudent, prudent capital. Um, work with, uh, and again, surrounding yourself with the right. But where are we going to go from here? I, I think it's, um, it, 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 you, know, you know, again, the U.S. I, I think uh, is I, my feeling is that we're going to go as a democratic people and and grow democracy here. And you're going to see a, a nation that's growing and thriving. It's, we've got our largest generation, the millennials, um, and we've got a tremendous amount of housing to, to build. Um, and that's, uh, that's exciting for, for all of us that are involved in the industry. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Quick word association. Tell me what you think of when I say uh, community. This is housing Americans. This is, yeah, so that's, that's our it, community is that's, that's what we build. What about home? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny when you say home, uh, I mean, home, home is where the heart is. Right. I totally agree. Family. Quality. Quality, quality, um, important, uh, uh, but, but not the most important. Sometimes, uh, Better is the enemy of the good. Totally agree. What about inspirational? Inspiration? Inspirational. Inspirational? I think inspiration and inspirational are, are two different things. So I'm going to ask you to give me your response for both. Uh, it, 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 inspirational, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you it's, it's our clients um, that, that are you know, doing what they're doing. Uh, and some some of the some of our clients are, and I won't get any names, but it's just so so amazing uh, what what they're doing out to, out there today, especially in, in maybe a more challenging environment right now. 
um, and um, managing uh, everything from supply chain. Uh, so inspirational are our home builders today. I'm not, it's not lip service. Uh, uh, then others, I, I work tire, tirelessly for them, but inspirational is I think about in home builders. And then for me, inspiration, uh, inspiration is, is our people. Um, the, the, the inspiration um, that gets me out of the bed in the morning. That's the inspiration is I'm going to, I'm going to get in and go interact with this incredible, unique set of uh, skilled people. So that's my inspiration for getting out of bed in the morning. I love it. You know, it takes a lot to make change and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but with the right leader, uh, it really can make a difference. Uh, yeah. Adapt or die. Yeah, I agree. Well, I appreciate you joining us. I uh, loved the conversation. You have so much that you're doing and that you've done. And it's so interesting to see all the different clients you have um, and, and all that you've made a difference with. It's, it's such a great, when you look at our business, it's such a huge legacy to leave behind. And when you look at all the stuff that you've touched, I mean, my goodness, it's, it's a lot. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for opening your doors and telling us what you do. Um, and, uh, again, uh, good luck with everything in the future. And I can't wait to see the next generation too. Thank Thank Molly. Great job with these podcasts. Great, great set of questions. It's so great to see you. Yeah. So it's great to see you too. And, and good luck in 23. It'll be interesting. Thank you again for joining us. This is Molly Carmichael, and I hope you enjoyed this series. Please hit like if you like today's broadcast and subscribe if you'd like to hear more from the best and the brightest in our industry. Take care, everyone, and I hope you join us again next time.